podcast. Things were a little different this week. We did our meeting on Facebook Live. So I am recording uh, just a brief summary of the message. We're looking today at a very timely passage. I think it's a perfect timing passage of Scripture for us. It happens to fall right in the series that we've been doing in 2 Samuel. Uh, but I really think the uh, like things that we take for granted today, or that we took for granted yesterday, uh, maybe we don't take for granted so much, are things that aren't just a given. Um, and what we're going to read today from 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 17, uh, shows David expressing a desire for something that would have been a very normal thing, a normal part of his life, but in this season, he was not able to access. And it's simply getting a drink of water from the well that he would have grown up drinking from. So I'm going to read 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 17. It says this, And three of the thirty chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. So what do we get out of this? The first thing that I think a lot of us can probably relate to is that what David desires is out of his reach. And God sometimes places our desires out of our reach. Probably we're discovering things like that all the time these days of, oh, I just want to go do this. I just want to go see this person. And I can't really do that right now with social distancing. Um, and for David, this is, he wants a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. But the well of Bethlehem is currently behind enemy lines, occupied by the Philistines. So, I notice here that David is expressing this desire. And guys, it's okay to express our desires and our frustrations right now. We don't have to pretend they're not real. You don't have to pretend like God doesn't know what the real desires of your heart are. He does. And we could, we could be saying, oh, that there would be minimal loss of life right now. Oh, that God would turn many hearts to him right now. Uh, maybe even, oh, that I could go get a burger at that restaurant that I really love. It's okay to have those desires. And it's actually really good to express those desires, uh, especially to the Lord. The second thing we see here is that David's men, they take great personal risk to fulfill his desire. And they are serving the desire of their king which is really the call of all of us. Now, in the chronology here of 2 Samuel 23, this is probably a flashback into 
David's either either his earlier reign or flashing back even farther to when he was on the run from the current King Saul. Uh, so whether it was the men serving the desires of their king or serving the desires of their captain, either way, uh, for us translating that into serving the desires of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, sometimes that will mean taking great personal risk. Now these three men in this story are likely, I'm going to read it, it's a, it's a long name here, Josheb Bashabeth is the first one. I'm just going to call him Josheb. Um, we could maybe call him Sheb for fun. But Josheb and Eleazar, who Josh Yakos talked about in our podcast last week, uh, Eleazar is quite the, uh, quite the guy. He fought so long and hard. His hand uh, stuck to his sword. Um, and then the third guy, Shama. Most likely, it's these three guys that were just listed in uh, chapter 23, verses 8 through 12. Um, these are probably the three men that this is talking about. These, like, the three mighty men of David. And they're like the three musketeers. These guys go against ridiculous odds for their king. Uh, Josheb had done that and fought 800 men, is what it says here. I believe in uh, the Chronicles account of this, it says 300 men. Either way, hundreds of men. This guy is a manly man. Uh, he is a, quite the dude. Eleazar fighting till his hand is stuck to his sword. And Shammah, uh, who also defended, uh, he defended a, a plot of land at harvest time. And, and he wanted to make sure that there was a harvest and defended it against the Philistines. And now these three men uh, go off together to accomplish the will of their king and fulfill the desire of their king. So the task here for mighty warriors may not seem like that big of a deal, to go get David a drink. But they did have to break through enemy lines to do it. And I just imagine David realizing when they come back, uh, wow, what a sacrifice these guys have made for me to fulfill the desire that's in my heart. And John 15, 13 says, this is my commandment. It's Jesus talking. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love has a man than he lay down his life for his friends. Now, we may not feel right now like staying home is a great sacrifice or laying our lives down for our friends. But when you realize the, the contagiousness of the coronavirus that's been going around, when we realize how contagious it is, actually staying home can be quite the sacrifice as we feel like we're being deprived from relationships or we're being deprived from venturing out into things that we normally would do. This actually is a way to serve our friends right now. It reminds me of uh, the Syrian uh, military leader, Naaman, uh, feeling like it was too small of a thing to dip seven times in the Jordan River to be healed of his leprosy. Uh, we find that story in 2 Kings 5. And Naaman, he, it was like his servant had to remind him, you haven't been asked to go out and do some mighty thing 
to find your healing. It's just dipping seven times in this muddy river. Wow, go do it. And for us to be able to say, you know, you could save the lives of your friends just by staying home right now. You might be thinking, wait, can I go do some big mighty work? Well, there are, there are good things that we can do. And as people need help going to them and bringing the help that is required, yeah, that can, that can seem like a, a little more risky thing to do. And we may be called to do it, but we just as well may be called to stay home. And that is okay. I love what uh, Martin Luther, one of the early uh, reformers uh, in church history in the, the 1500s, kind of one of the fathers of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther lived during the Black Plague, and he was asked, how do we as Christians approach this? What, what's our Christian response? Uh, should we flee the plague? Should we not flee? You know, what do we do? And he had an eight-page response that he gave to this in a letter. And he said he knew that this letter would be read by others, and so he was very thorough. I'm not going to read you the whole eight pages. I'm just going to read a little snippet from, I think it's around page six uh, in his letter. It says, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he's expected of me and so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however... I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely. So Martin Luther understood there is a time to stay away, avoiding people and, and, and uh, places where his presence was not needed. And there's a time to go and not avoid people or places when you are needed. If my neighbor needs me, I won't avoid so right now in this season, loving one another well, it can look like different things. It can look like calling each other to check in. And I'm, I'm a natural hugger. I love to hug people. With guys, a lot of times I will greet them with a handshake and then I'll pull them in on that handshake and give them a hug around the shoulder. I love doing that. I express affection that way naturally. Uh, but right now, even calling to check in and praying for each other. Maybe on that phone call, pray for one another. After that phone call, praying for that person or praying for circumstances. Uh, loving our world right now looks like praying for the world, praying for those in the medical profession who are on the front lines uh, serving, who are taking great risks with their own health in order to serve uh, the rest of us. Praying for each other, video chatting with those who are lonely and need to see a smiling face. Uh, if you are, are technically savvy and you're used to video chatting, you're used to communicating with social media, you may be able to help someone. Maybe it's a grandparent, a mother, father, friend. Uh, help someone else get connected uh, with all of the technology that many of us are used to. Help them get connected and use that technology 
to be able to look you in the eyeball, see your smiling face, see your smiling eyes as you talk with them. And we also are loving one another well by staying away from big social gatherings right now. Obviously, we as a church are not meeting publicly in, in our normal space, but we are meeting online. And I would invite you guys, join with us on Facebook Live. We should have uh, YouTube Live up this week. That's our hope. And you are sure welcome to do that. Uh, if you have special skills and services that you can offer in this time, if you've got medical uh, skills, uh, if you've got even the ability to sew uh, right now, I know that that people are, are receiving face masks that are made handmade by people that can be used in the non-emergency uh, areas, even in hospitals. And they're, they're appreciating um, face masks. That's a way that you can serve right now. So taking great personal risk, or even what we might think would be minimal risk right now to serve the desires of one another, even that desire for friendship, that is a real thing uh, and a way that we can serve one another. The third thing we see in this, I love this part. David doesn't only express his desire. He doesn't just recognize that his desire is out of reach, but he refocuses his desire into worship. Uh, when when David's men come back and he realizes, I, I can't drink this. That would just be so wrong. Uh, for these men to be laying their lives down, risking their lives for me for a drink. And he was like, I, I can't treat them like that. He instead takes that drink of water that they brought and he offers it as a sacrifice of worship to the Lord. And he pours it out before the Lord, not to minimize the service and the sacrifice of his men, but to honor it before the Lord. David's priority is really focused and he offers their gift and he offers his desire in worship before the Lord. Their risk and their sacrifice is not lost on David. It, it could be that they felt like, wow, we just risked our lives to bring you this and here you just poured out this water like, you just wasted our sacrifice for you. Uh, they may have felt like that. And some of you may actually feel like the, the ways that you're used to serving the church, the ways you're used to engaging with the community, you may feel like it's just been poured out uh, and, and just kind of poured out on the ground uh, and lost. But really, uh, right now is a time to focus our desires on the Lord. And it's a really good thing to turn your desires into worship right now. Turn the cries of your heart into worship right now. Uh, and that can look like just thanking God for the people around you and even the relationships that you're missing, being able to be with them in person. He's bringing that to the Lord and saying, Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for the way they serve and the things that I may take for granted or have taken for granted, Lord, I thank you for them. What's really important to David in this scenario here, and not just, not just a hypothetical, but the real thing that happened to him, it wasn't so much the water that was 
the important thing. It was these men. And I love that their story and these men have been memorialized forever in the pages of Scripture. Guys, there is nothing, no sacrifice you make that is lost on God. He is fully aware. Every prayer you pray, every way you serve people. In this season, if you're visiting people or going to the grocery store on behalf of people who are not able to go for themselves, none of that is lost on God. And there will be a, a time in the future, you'll be standing before the Lord and those things will be remembered. You will be honored. It might not be the way you think. It might not even be right now in this season. But I just think of these three men who we're talking about them today in 2020. Just like we're remembering that letter that Martin Luther wrote back in 1527. I bet he did not think it would be being quoted you know, 500 years almost in the future. And yet, it's being remembered and useful to the church now. Guys, your work, your service, your sacrifice to the Lord, your worship, even before the Lord, is remembered by Him. None of it falls to the ground as uh, just meaningless. Never. God is remembering even the cup of cold water you offer to a person in his or her need. Jesus talked about that in Matthew 10, 42 uh, of, with, with children and bringing a, a cup of cold water. Uh, if you offer that to a child, God sees it and God knows. So in this time where maybe we find uh, our, our, the things that are important to us being refocused uh, and rediscovering the importance of relationships and friendships, uh, that that being more important than the meal from our favorite restaurant, the drink from our favorite watering hole. Um, guys, in this season, where there can be uncertainty, there could be fear, in the middle of this, God loves you. And God loves your friends. He loves those friends that you love, that family that you love. And he values them and he values you. He's more committed to you and he's more committed to us than all of the things that we can do or get from him. Does that mean he devalues our service and our sacrifice? No, no way. That eternal reward is waiting for us, for all of us whose lives are poured out in service to our King Jesus. Lord, I just pray for everyone who hears this podcast, everyone who's listening uh, to this message, Lord, that you would encourage them and strengthen them uh, today, people who are in their homes would be encouraged by you. They would feel the love of their God. And Jesus, we pray that, that you, would, you would get great glory in this season, that there would be many people whose hearts are drawn to you. Lord, that you would refocus the desires of many of us in this season. Lord, we pray for the neighborhoods of Spokane. We pray for our nation. Lord, I pray for nations of the world and the medical personnel across the world, government officials across the world who are doing their best to serve their people, doing the best uh, to just to make a way. 
and to lead people through this season. And Lord, ultimately, you are the leader and you can lead us excellently. You are leading us excellently right now. Lord, we thank you for your great care. We thank you for your great love. We pray that many would turn to you in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.